Good morning. Welcome to Jesus in Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. This morning, we are going to be finishing chapter 5 of Proverbs. Be prepared to blush a little bit today, or maybe you'll see me blush. <laughs> Either way, uh, we're going to talk about the rest of this chapter, and it's a good one. It's a good one. So let's say a word of prayer and get started. Father, thank you for this morning. Be glorified as we study your word. God, um, use this to teach us, Father, to help us to see more of your glory, uh, the relationship you desire from us, and how it brings praise and honor to you when we honor you in our marriage uh, relationship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so chapter 5, 6, and 7, as I shared before, is uh, Solomon, who is the author of Proverbs, dealing with adultery, uh, marriage, commitment within marriage, um, sexual sin of all sorts, with a emphasis on, on adultery. Um, and he would know, okay, Solomon would know, the man had 700 wives. Now, in his defense, a lot of those relationships, because he was king, a lot of them were political. The whole point of it, um, they were political. And most likely, he did not have intercourse with every single one of those 700 wives. But he had 300 concubines too. So he understands the, the tangled web of sin that occurs when you share that type of intercourse and relationship across many different people. And he gives a really good analogy in what we're talking about today as to what happens when you don't do it God's way. Okay, I love the picture and the metaphor that he paints for us. So let's get into scripture, go ahead and read it, and then we're going to talk about that. So Proverbs 5, 15 through 23. So Solomon, who's been tangled in all these different relationships and, and probably slept with many different women, is now learning from that and telling us in Proverbs that you should marry one woman, women should marry one man, and you only share sex within that marriage with that person for that lifetime. He is arguing that it is better, it is best, it brings more joy, it brings more happiness, it honors God most when you do that. That's what he is arguing for here, and I love it when it's coming from a man who's lived in the sin and saw, seen how bad it was. He would know best, so it's, it's encouraging to see it coming from him. All right, so let's read here. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forb forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cord of his sin. He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he is led astray. Now, very intimate there, right here. Verse 19, this is the one I said you might blush reading this. 
you're probably thinking, wow, I didn't realize that was in the Bible. That's really detailed and specific of what Solomon's saying. Should you be surprised? This is the guy who wrote Song of Solomon, which is all about poetry and, and physical relationship with a loved of a, a spouse, okay? Solomon wrote that. There's a reason why you don't hear tons of sermons by pastors coming out of Song of Solomon. There's a reason for it. It's um, rather intimate. I'll just use that word, okay? So Solomon here in Proverbs, he's going to just be direct in his thought in the picture he's trying to paint. But here's the thing. It's nothing wrong with this. This is great. This is good. This is true. This is God's word. God put this in here. God wanted this to be in here. He wants, he wants the men and women to hear this, verse 19, to be intoxicated with one another within the confines of marriage. Now, let's go back up here to verse 15 through 18 and talk about the picture that he's painting here. So I'm just going to elaborate a little bit of the point he's making, all right? Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Now imagine this, okay? He is comparing marriage to a flowing river. Okay, the flowing water is the sexual intercourse within the marriage. Okay, the physical interaction, the intimacy between that husband and that wife. The borders of the river is the marriage commitment. Okay, you follow me there? While there are borders to water, like in a river, the water is going to flow in a positive, correct direction that never wavers. Okay, that's what marriage is like. Now, what's what's special about flowing water, like in a river, okay, or, or a stream? It's pure. As water is moving, constantly moving in a followed path down a stream, the water is clear, it's pure, you can drink from it. It's not polluted. Now, if you remove the boundaries of the stream, if you take them away and the water just spreads out in every direction, what happens? Well, it develops into a swamp, okay? It develops into just a, a pool of setting water that's not moving, where mold and, and filth can grow in it, right? Like a swamp, okay? Like water in the streets. He literally says that. Like streams of water in the streets. Should your springs be scattered abroad? Like no borders to the river? It just... Water goes everywhere and it just sits in the streets where it sits in the filth and people walk through it and stuff grows in it. You can't drink that water. You can't enjoy that water. It becomes polluted. That's what adultery does. That's what sleeping with multiple people outside of marriage is being compared to here. It's like a swamp. It's just filthy. There's nothing pure. There's nothing, nothing joyful about it. And so his encouragement is keep a stream within the boundaries of marriage and you will find great joy and satisfaction within it. I love this analogy. I love this picture. It's just a, I mean, a Solomon, wise, wise man, right? He really paints a wonderful picture here for us, this imagery to describe the beauty of marriage, the purity of marriage, and the pollution of adultery and, and just sleeping with whoever you want to and getting involved in sexual sin because that is absolutely what happens. It ends up sickening you. It ends up polluting you, okay, because you don't have a pure stream of water to drink from. And then verse 19 is great. Listen, 
Why are you trying to, to go somewhere else? God has blessed you with a spouse that you can enjoy within the confines of marriage. Enjoy your wife, okay? Women, enjoy your husband physically. Enjoy one another. That celebrates the glory and the beauty of God, okay? Don't share with other people. It just pollutes everything. It stirs up the relationships, okay? It, it's, it's something that, that cheapens the, the connection between that one man and that one woman. And when you cheapen that relationship, then you cheapen the, in, the image of God and who he is. You make less of God. That's why adultery is a sin. That's why sexual intercourse outside of the confines of marriage is a sin. Is because it taints, it pollutes the image of God that you were created to, to reflect. It taints the image. Okay, it's, It dishonors God. And so that's what Solomon is saying here. Keep the river flowing, the stream flowing pure and clean within the confines of marriage. It's going to be so much better for you. I feel like he could put a little line in here that says, take it from me, I know from experience. Verse uh, 21 down here, we'll look at that again. For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. See, here's the thing, is if you are wise, you will consider what you do right now, how it affects the future. And as we talked about yesterday, and we saw the little story that Solomon painted of a man who chose a couple minutes of pleasure with another man's wife to only gain a lifetime of hardship, owing money and owing a debt back to this man for having slept with his wife. And so think about the future and how it's going to impact everyone around you. Okay, Your actions, your selfish desire there is going to impact other people, not just you. It's going to affect a lot of other people. And not only that, but you are polluting the landscape, rather than keeping the stream in the right direction, you break down the walls of that stream and it, the water just spreads out and it sets and it grows filth within it. And that's what happens, right? Whenever you have adultery within a marriage, it doesn't bring joy to everybody. It doesn't bring cleanness and purity to everybody. It doesn't lift people up. It most always causes hurt in some way, shape, or form to someone. It causes pollution. It corrupts those around you. It hurts relationships, thus tarnishing the, the beauty and the glory of the image of God. Okay, so verse 22, The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in his cords of sin. He dies for lack of discipline. There are consequences. There are consequences. We talked about that yesterday. The guy who owed a debt the rest of his life, and he was always labeled, as the adulterer, the one you couldn't trust to be around your wife. You couldn't leave him alone with her, okay? And so he carried that weight for the rest of his life. And so what we do, uh, if we break down the walls of that stream, we are, are asking for a, a hardship for the rest of our life, okay? You know how hard it is to put a swamp, to make a swamp into a stream? Practically impossible. So once you break the barriers down of that stream to fix it back the way it was before is very, very challenging, if not impossible. All right, so a lot of good warnings here, a lot of good lessons here. And my encouragement for you is, is Solomon's encouragement is honor God, keeping the walls of that river up 
and and honoring God within your marriage and um, being satisfied sexually only in your spouse and for your spouse. And verse 19, men, I know you love this. A lovely deer, a graceful doe, all right? Be delighted in your wife, all right? Okay, listen, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's another thing real quick. All of this is a reflection, the type of love and intoxication that Solomon's talking about you should have for your spouse is a reflection of the type of love and intoxication we should have for our creator. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, Marriage is supposed to be a reflection of that. And so when we love our spouse that way, it shines glory and shines a bright light on God and his greatness. And when we don't, it taints that. And so we should be intoxicated with God. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you're seeking God first, you're going to see all the chips line up around you because going after God tends to iron things out within your life. It makes sense of things that you're dealing with and facing because you are looking at the world you are living in through the lens and perspective of God's love, and that changes everything. Have a wonderful and blessed day, and I will see you again tomorrow. Bye.